I know I'm here for a bigger purpose. I wanted to make sure I helped somebody long term. There is no balance. If someone <laughs> yeah. thinks there's balance, what is that? Yeah. there's no balance. There's discipline, but there's absolutely yeah. no balance. Okay, babe. We're doing this podcast. I didn't want to prepare for the first episode. And it's weird because I know you haven't done one of these before. I have. Mm-hmm. I've actually done two seasons of my own podcast. But I really want to, I think today, just chat about us. Okay. Chat about what we're trying to achieve with this podcast. And I'll tell you why. I was the one that prompted you to do this. And the reason I wanted us to do it is because I feel that there's so much contained within you that no platform really gives you an opportunity to fully unpack. Yeah. And uh, we do webinars, you do events here and there, but there's like, there's like I, I know what I hear at home and I know what I hear when you speak to clients and I always go, man, I wish more people knew that. Mm-hmm. I wish more people could hear that. And I think this series that we're doing right now, this demystifying wellness season, within being you is exactly that. It's just unpacking and understanding stuff. And I think who I'm going to be on this podcast is exactly what we're doing now. I think I'll almost act like a bit of a, a, a central point to it because mm. I do think you health and wellness people can go off on a tangent and you kind of lose <laughs> <Thanks>. us. So <laughs> what we want to do is, is bring it back to the normal stuff. And I think I'm the normal person in the street. I, mean, okay. I don't know much about health and wellness. You know, I'm a technology professional. But yeah, just that the nuggets, the stuff okay. that you talk about. But I think people listening to this for the first time are going to want to know who we are and what we are all about. So I don't oh. know, maybe you want to riff a little <laughs> bit about that and then I'll jump in and jump back. I can see you a little nervous. No, it's just that you have such an advantage. Why? You know, two podcasts down, the, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> wow, okay. And yeah. I really have tried to get you to open up about what what's the season going to look like or what's at least this this first intro episode going to look like and you won't disclose it. So no, because I think I think I want to make, yeah, I wanna make this real. Flow, I trust you. Yeah, but you know why? <laughs> because every time, so just so everyone knows, Lisa and I are married. I've invested in her business. I'm very actively engaged in it from a strategy perspective and in a lot of operational aspects of it too. But I find that the health and wellness area, I must say, let me say a couple of things. Number one is in my career as a technologist, there's never been a business that I've been involved in. I've been involved in quite a few businesses. That's frustrated you as much. That's frustrated <laughs> me as much. But, but I think the, re- the return on the effort is just mm. extraordinary because of the testimonials that yeah, we get. The human lives. And I think this is the purpose of this podcast is I want people to listen to this and go, wow, I never knew that about blood pressure mm. or I never knew that about this part of my body or I never knew this about that. Mm. Because when you speak to people about these like very basic anecdotal things, it's, it's, it's profound. And, mm. and that's what I think the purpose of this should be is people listen to this and after they listen to this, they're empowered because they will know more about something in wellness that everyone talks about. Like people talk about sleep, 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 sleep. Like, I don't know what REM is, mm-hmm. but I know you do. Mm-hmm. I don't know what REM versus deep sleep is, but you do. Yeah. And I know how you tie these things together from a lifestyle perspective. And there's people that are medical doctors or medical practitioners, and they can talk about this stuff from their discipline, their very academic view. Mm-hmm. What I like about what you do and what's really like made me buy into the business, like literally and figuratively, is the fact that you come from it from a, like a lifestyle perspective. With a real tangible experience base. Well, it's digestible, a, I think. Yeah. And for a lot of people, attainable and sustainable, affordable, fun. Um, I try and make it that way because that then I know it's going to stick. 
it's going to mm. last. I think that a lot of these sort of all or nothing approaches are a dime a dozen. You mm. know, anything that is too quick, too easy, um, is not going to work long term. So whatever I do, I try and kind of teach people how to fish, but also at the same time, so giving them the tools that they need in their toolkits so that they can live the life that they really deserve to live. But also try and get them to understand the whys, the, the mm. reasons, the, the purpose, the meaning, the, the wholeness, the, the, yeah, for me, it's about feeling mm. more than anything else, not just the doing, but like if you feel it, the change can be irreversible. It will be permanent. It'll be dramatic. It'll be in, like for the rest of your life. Yeah. So yeah, trying to get people to feel. And that is for me like really important. And that's, we'll, we'll unpack in the episodes to come. But mm. the minute somebody feels it for themselves, they're hooked because mm. like they feel joy or they feel better. And you know, one of my slogans is nothing feels as good as feeling good feels. That's actually what I thought like, we'd call the season was nothing good or even the podcast. Nothing feels as good as feeling good feels. Yeah. Also, a few people actually know what feeling good feels like. And it's taken me 20 years. I mean, in my industry, in my career, to realize how few people wake up every morning energized mm. and motivated and really excited about their day, full of energy. Yeah, I can't wait to get it started. Mm. Like so few people wake up like that. And that should be normal. And, and you know, <laughs> that, that saying seems so simple, but I, like when we dated in the beginning and we went and I don't know if I've ever told you this, but we went on our first couple of trips together. I remember you were so, I was like, we're on holiday. <laughs> We're on holiday, we fly here, we lay next to the pool, and we relax. And like you had this itinerary and you wanted to do 20 things that day. And, and like at the end of that holiday, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is ridiculous. I mean, that's, we just went there, and, but I wasn't in good physical shape. Mm. And I think coming back to that, nothing feels as good as feeling good feels. When you feel that way, then you're willing to do more with your life. You've got more energy you got more like a completely different outlook to anyone else. I mean, now when we go on holiday, our kids can't keep up. They can't keep up. <laughs> and they're half our age. Yeah. yeah. And then they just, they just don't want to do as much. They just mm. want to relax. And what for us, relaxation is experiential. It's not sitting down. Yes. I think that goes hand in hand with health. That's the one thing is that I'm healthy. So I have the energy to do all that I want to do. But the other thing is, is because I've been so exposed to so many human beings, thousands in the last 20 years, mm. And a lot of them unwell, a lot of them riddled with regrets for a life that they wish or the changes they wish they had implemented sooner on. And now they are full of regret saying, I just wish I'd done this or wish I'd done that differently. I'd be in a different situation right now. So a lot of the people I've consulted with have all the wealth, the knowledge, they have, you know, the, the yachts, the, you know, the beautiful homes, whatever, but they don't have their quality of life. Mm. And so I think that's another reason why I really try and live life and I value health above everything else. And I put myself before anyone else, even my daughter and even you, babe. Mm -hmm. It's because I know how important it is to bring my best foot forward every single day. Put myself first means I'm the best version of me for everyone else. So mm. everyone else benefits. And I know I say this often, but I feel that putting myself first is probably the most selfless thing to do in my day, not selfish. And there's so many people that feel guilty for putting themselves first, like going for a run in the morning or doing a workout or, you know, prioritizing their own mental health. But I think, I think <clears> it's <throat> more so women, right? I think, I think guys yeah, don't no, have that. I think, I think guys do as well, oh. especially now while they're trying to juggle, you know, things are kind of split now. A lot of men do household stuff and men cook and yeah, men are lockdown. looking after kids and mm. as well as working, women are also so the the lines are being 
blurred. So I don't mm. think it's only a women thing. I think generally there's guilt for putting ourselves first, for taking care of ourselves. People think that this is a selfish thing that they're doing. But actually, if you are putting into the tank every single day, you're going to be a much better version of you. You're going to have a lot more um, energy. You're going to be more positive. You're going to have a more vibrant outlook and aura around you. You'll radiate one of joy and vibrance and wholeness and health and vitality. And that is very magnetic. It's very attractive. Um, it in, like infiltrates the room's energy. So mm. when you have somebody that walks into a room that's just doom and gloom, you know, slouched shoulders, feeling sorry for themselves, agitated, uh, frustrated, mm. resentful, because they just never, ever have time for themselves. And they walk into that room and within minutes you can feel that energy. Mm. Um, and it changes everyone's energy in the room within minutes, even just their face. You know, um, I've studied a bit of like behavioral kinesiology. And if you look at somebody whose face is like angry or sad, you yourself feel that way. That's how important it is to have a smile on your face, to have good body posture, to walk into a room and be light and magnetic and full of energy because you change the entire environment. And us as, well, as women, as wives, um, sort of the rocks in a lot of homes, businesses these days, we have such a huge responsibility for our energy. Mm. And I think that people are reckless with it and they don't realize the effect that they can have on others just by being in a bad mood. And kind of just really irresponsible with the emotions and moods. And I, I, I'm not, I don't want to be like that. I so, want to walk into a room and people go, she's just so healthy and she's just so light. And I want to be around her. Mm-hmm. I want to be around her more. Um, so my point going back to point was because I've been around so many sick people and I, it's almost like it's a mirror in my face. If you do not look after yourself and prioritize yourself every day, Lisa, this is what will, this is what you will be mm. in the next 20 years. Mm. So every day that I consult for all these years, I've been reminded of what happens when you don't when you look don't. after yourself. You know where I saw it was when in lockdowns, when the, you started doing the DNA consultations. So people would do the DNA test, get the results back, and then you'd sit down with them over Zoom or whatever. And you were doing, I think you've done over 100, 200 of them. Yeah, many, yeah. I think there was like <laughs> 300 of them. And these are DNA mm-hmm. consultations because you did do the certification and you came back and, and you unpacked it. I just remember what the, the amount of regret that people had that they didn't make the change earlier. Yeah. But anyway, I want to come back to that. Nothing feels as good as feeling good feels. Yeah. Because we always jump over that and people talk about that. But we've put it in the store at Nickelway, because mm. you know, and and we've we've sp- put it up on a billboard, but nothing feels as good as feeling good feels. Mm. Th- and I love what you said. There's so many people that don't know how feeling good feels. Just explain that the way I've heard you explain it before. And I, I really want us to do this in a way where just you and I are talking. Yeah. And we, this is um, not this is not like a studio and we're shooting this. This is just you and I. Like yeah. we're at a restaurant and now. And th- by the way, this is the purpose of the mm. podcast: is that I get to live with Lisa Rally, and I get to see the complete picture. And I, the, what I love about what you do, and I'll just say this, I guess I'm, yeah, we can say this. <laughs> I, what I love about what you do is that you live what you do. That's what makes it very interesting. I think the business is interesting because of the testimonials and the amount of people cascading through the door because you've changed their lives. I and mean, we've seen it, I hear it. There are so many, I think you've Im- impacted, and you'll be very modest about it, but at least like 100,000, 200,000 people that you've impacted tangibly, that will come and say, I did this and this, and I just want you to tell her that it's like really changed my life. And um, you never hear that. 
But I know that you live that. So coming back to that, nothing feels as good yeah. as feeling good feels. Explain that a little bit. Like, what does that mean? Well, most people will wake up every day uh, wishing that they had a few more hours to sleep. Um, no. They don't wake up feeling energized and like bouncing out of bed and <laughs> ready. You know, they kind of press snooze 50 times sometimes for two hours. And what they don't, we'll unpack that maybe in a, in a future episode yep. about why you should not be doing that. But then they grab the first cup of coffee. So like that's how they start their day is they need something to ignite their day to give them sort of false energy because they can't, their own bodies aren't feeling great. So coffee is like the way that they start their day. Um, and then it's straight into like this crazy mundane routine. Mostly it's the same old, same old kids lunch. Maybe you're going to grab yourself, um, a cup of coffee. Maybe it's a dry piece of toast. Maybe it's nothing. Most people, it's nothing. They'll prepare this beautiful, like lunch for their kids, their, their partners, kids, yeah. whatever, but never for themselves. It's like they're not worthy or worth it, um, but they'll do it for other people. Mm-hmm. And then off they go and the day just starts and runs away with them. And before they know they haven't been hungry once or it's 3 p.m. and they haven't eaten. And so they grab whatever's quick and that's generally a muffin or it's a chocolate bar or it's a sandwich or something that's mm-hmm. processed. And, you know, and then afternoon comes, say, I'm just fast forwarding here for a matter of time, but 5 p.m. comes and counting that, you know, that, Tick, 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 five o'clock. Yes, glass of wine. So it's one o'clock, you know? And then it's sleeping pills to get to bed. It's anti-anxiety medication. It's just, and I've, antidepressants. I've seen it so much. It's just this like groundhog day, day in and day out and day in and day out. And you do that for a year. You do that for two, for five. And you don't know what feeling good feels like. You've totally forgotten. Um, and you, you know, the, the ill health comes slowly. The weight gain comes slowly. Um, things change in your body slowly. Mm. It's not in a week. It happens over a period of time when you neglect yourself over and over and over again. Um, and I meet these people after five years, 10, 20 years. And they say, like, I, I can't remember the last time I put myself first. I can't remember the last time I woke up in the morning full of energy mm. or I wasn't on some kind of medication or I didn't have pain in my body or I wasn't sad or depressed. Like they can't remember the last time they felt alive in any way. Mm. And so it starts slowly. It starts with getting a sickness and then stopping your running routine or exercise mm. routine. And before you know it, it's been six months and you haven't gone back to the gym. Uh, it starts with one cup of coffee a day and then it becomes two, you know, and then it becomes eight. And it starts with one teaspoon of sugar in your coffee and then it's not sweet enough and then it becomes full mm. and the wine starts with one and then after a year it becomes a bottle and when you look back it's it's slow it's it, it never you never did it quickly it just mm. you think what happened to my life what happened to my body what happened to my health what happened to my my happiness and I hear it was that all slow. the time I hear all the time when people tell you I remember when I was like this yeah. and I want to be like that again mm. Like I was, I remember I was a South African gymnast or I, I used to cycle, I used to swim, I used to do this and now look at me yep. and they actually look at themselves and they feel disgusted in themselves. Yep. They feel, now this whole podcast okay, is so going, okay, going okay, back okay, to you just okay, to like kind yeah. of round up. So, so that's sort of the negative part of it. But now when clients start with us like on a wellness journey and we do the, you know, the detox, the eliminate program or they start rebounding or they start the, with the DNA, however their journey begins with us. You know, after a couple of months and, you know, you get to meet them again, whether it's in the store, online or in the studio or whatever, they are like different people. Mm. Uh, They radiate in a different way. They hold themselves in a different way. They smile. They're glowing. Their eyes are white. We don't even recognize them. It's just they are completely and utterly different. And um, they just say like nothing. 
I haven't felt like this in years. I've got my life back. Like, mm. thank you so much. My marriage is back. I've quit my job. I now own my own business. I, you know, I, maybe I even got divorced, mm. you know, because that, that relationship was wasn't serving mm. them. And they had no self-confidence to leave because they thought they had no worth. So mm. it's just mind-blowing the, what I see and what I hear. And it's all because of feeling better. And it's, so it's, it's health interventions that make you feel a different way, that give you that power to be the person that you want to be, mm. but it's health related. It comes with energy and, and, um, vibrance from within that you can't explain. It's just this energy and zest for life that comes back again. So yes, you may have lost it at some point, but it doesn't mean that's the end. Mm. You just have to, you just have to go back to begin and start again. And I know that's really hard for a lot of people. It's like, I don't even care to care. Like, I don't even care. And I know that's one of the, the episodes we're going to get into is motivation and joy and purpose and all of that. It's, it's something I can't wait to unpack is that specific episode because for me, it all starts there. Don't you want that to be like the first one after this? Yes, I, I really do because okay. I just feel that that is where it all begins. And many times I've done a consultation with somebody who wants to lose weight or needs to, you know, health intervention, doctors sent them or whatever. For the first hour and a half, we don't even speak about exercise and nutrition. Mm. We speak about purpose. Um, and how do we, how do we go back to, to that again? How do we cultivate joy? How do we get motivated every day to wake up at 5 a.m.? Mm. You know, I wake up at 5 a.m. Mm. Um, I know. And I do it every day. Mm. And for me, it's not a schlep at all because I have purpose. Mm. It's not even a problem for me. Um, but that is something I've worked on for a very long time. It's not something that just came overnight. So the, the objective here, coming back to what we're trying to achieve. So this is our introductory episode. And I'm, I love what you're saying because it kind of gives people a feel for who you are and, and what is contained within you. But let's just talk about what we're trying to achieve with this. What, what do we, I mean, for me, I'll talk because you've spoken for a while. So <laughs> for me, the podcast is... It's going to have different themes to it. We'll talk about sleep. We'll talk about that. But what I want to talk about when we talk about sleep or we talk about motivation or I want to talk about real stuff because yeah. there's so many of these podcasts around. They talk about this stuff, but I can't relate. Mm -hmm. Like I really, really can't relate because it's a professional or it's a purpose. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. but you, that's what you do. And I think what I want us to do is have this is the way you live. This is what you do. And I live in the slipstream of it and mm -hmm. I benefit from it because I eat that way. I live that way and I see the results. I mean, I know, I don't know anyone that lives more disciplined and as healthy as you do. I mean, you really, really live discipline. I mean, no matter how hard it is, how little you'll sleep, you will wake up at that time to mm. do what you need. And people always ask, yes, how, where does she find the energy? <laughs> that I get a lot about you. Yeah. All the time, people bump friends of ours, etc. They look and they go, I mean, the people, I know many people are no longer our friends. Because they're intimidated by you. Yeah. Because I think they look at the amount of things that you do in a day and the things that you relate to. And it actually makes, if you start articulating it, it makes the other people f feel like, oh, wait a minute, we're not, we're not good enough. And that's something that you and I need to talk about too, because that is, yeah. that's a challenge. When you <laughs> well, are finding your tribe is difficult as you, as you get yeah. older, for sure. But definitely, you know, as you, as you get healthier. Well, your value, you need to find people that are not just your age or stage of life, but your values. And mm. that is, oh, that is very tricky. Yeah, because you don't drink like that. Yeah. You go to bed at that time. You, mm. you do X amount of stuff in a day that they just cannot comprehend mm. how you fit that in. I mean, you do talks, you do the shoots, you do, I mean, the business has got so many legs to it. There's so many things. And now we're also doing a podcast. 
I mean, I told someone the other day we were going to do this podcast and they were like, what? <laughs> like, where do you find time to... You know to- what it is? I think if you had to really ask me where do I get that energy from, how, how do I do it? It is... I do love what I do, not all of it, okay? Because we have aspects of the business that are sticky and it's growth and it's uncomfortable and there's parts of the business I don't enjoy. So that's why you're here to hopefully take more and more of that away from me. But and just by the way, let me just say this quickly. For those listening, if anyone's listening and it's an entrepreneur, yeah. I think this podcast will be beneficial too. So it's not just about health and wellness. What mm. we want to do is really unpack. You know what? I want. Just let me say this for a second. Okay. I want to pivot away from like the, this is Lisa's going to talk about all these cool things. I think I want to make it very real. I want to talk about our relationship. I also want to have this be like a place where we share very openly about the challenges associated with mm-hmm. it. Um, how we see child rearing very differently. We have a daughter and it's very different. How we had the marriage before the wedding. That. Um, how, <laughs> yeah. how it is. Because a lot of people still, I don't know if they do that I with you. I get that question a lot. How do you work together? Like how, where yeah. are the, where are the lines? How do you guys decide at 6 p.m.? Okay, like phones down and now this is our private yeah. home yeah. when you've been working we together need, all day. So that will be an episode yes, that we talk about. I would love to talk about that. But also, yeah. you know what, um, a lot of people want to know as, a, as an interracial couple mm. in South Africa. So I have lots of international friends that you'll talk and talk and talk and talk and then they'll get to that. Like, so tell us a little bit about like how do you guys handle that? And whenever I get that question, I'm surprised. I'm mm. like, what? I don't even like think. we live in 2023, really. Yeah. But it's no, very, that, it still exists. that Bill Cosby or joke when he goes to school at the age of seven or something and his mom and dad tells him when he goes home, they said, all the kids say, I'm black. And they say, are you black? And it's like, what? I'm black. I'm black. I don't know. I'm black. And he starts screaming and stuff. And oh, I, I think um, it's similar in principle to us. I mean, I forget the color thing mm-hmm. for a while, but then, the, and there are challenges associated with it. And I think mm-hmm. we need to talk about that. I think people okay. need to hear about that. And I think, a couple in the wellness and health space being very real about what they do. Building a business in South Africa is really, really, really difficult. Yeah. Um, it presents its own challenges. And I just I want us to share and lay that on the table cool. all the time so people can, can hear it. And I think you've already shared so many anecdotal things. So. Before we go for, I think what we should do is just stop people. Well, I still haven't mentioned what, how. Like, I actually have the energy. Oh, you want to <laughs> so talk like, about that? No, I don't really want to get into it. We yeah. can talk about that in another episode. But, you know, you said people say, how does she do it? Oh, my gosh, now you're doing a podcast as well, yes. you know? Um, so I'd love to, to maybe share that um, in more detail sometime down the line. But um, something that I, you have to have a purpose for waking up every day. Like, for me, I have that, and it's incredibly clear. Mm. Um, and any time that I've woken up for too many days or weeks in a row where I'm feeling a little bit glum or down and I do get those times and I'm you the one to pick it up first because you're like, babe, whoa, come on, let's reshake, like something's up with you. What's going on? Um, there's things that I do to try and keep me in that state of joy, like gratitude books, the things that I read from, the things that I wear on my body. Like there's a lot of things that I do to keep the spirits up because it's not always sunshine and happiness, especially mm-hmm. like owning a business mm-hmm. in this country right now. But there are things that kind of snap me back in line. But waking up with purpose and knowing exactly why I'm meant to be on this earth is the reason why I stay disciplined. It's the we- reason why I keep showing up. It's the reason why I get up at 5 a.m. It's my reason. And you've got to have uh, your reason. So for everyone, that will be different. But unless you can find your why, your reason, the how, it will never make sense. It'll always feel like you're sacrificing. It'll always feel hard. It will definitely not f- like fill your tank and you- and fulfill your purpose. It- it's just so important. And that is number one. Number one is I know why I wake up every day. 
Number two is, is that I have the energy big time to do everything that I need to do in a day. And I think it's also number three is that I'm reminded every day from the clients that I get to meet and see and the beautiful messages and emails and all that that I receive every day of what happens when things derail. And that's a constant reminder to just keep showing up, keep Mm. putting myself first. I mean, this week I had a major injury, first time I've been injured in 10 years. And what did I do? I went to the physio three times this week. I have massaged my body. I have foam rolled. I have stretched. I have got into that gym and I have bounced. I've, I've exercised. I've made a plan when I couldn't bounce. Um, I have done everything. I've had pads on my calf. I've had hot water bottles. I've had ice packs because I respect my body more than I respect anyone or anything else. Well, that's very, well, wait, wait, wait. So, and you do. And I know. And I do because like if it breaks, I break because that's all you have. It's my, it's my, my career. It's my purpose. It's how I do what I need to do every day. It's how I'm, it's, it's the one thing. It's the vessel that takes you from, from birth to death. And we know so little about it as human beings. We know more about our cars. We know more about like the the apps on our phone than we do about our own physical bodies. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm ashamed to say that that is the truth, but I don't want that to be the way for me. And my purpose for being here and this podcast is to educate and empower others, inspire them to know that there is another way to feel. There is another way to live your life, to get the most out of each day, to ignite your soul on fire every morning when you wake up, to really live, live life. Mm -hmm. Don't just live, like live your life. Because at any one moment, and yes, this is it it could just all be done. And you know what you say that, and that's what I hear a lot is when, People ping you and they go, the doctor says the lump is this, or I've just been diagnosed and it's stage this, or, you know, I've got this bone. Regret. Bone I mean, in, and, yeah. but regret is big. Like, yeah. regret is big. You just want to be able to, you know, whether it's at 60 or 50 or 80 and look back and say, but I lived my life. Yeah. I, I did all the things I wanted to do. I lived mm-hmm. my purpose. It was hard. It was this. It was gritty. But I, I would not change anything. Um, and I never took my body for granted. I trained every day. I, I, f- I fueled it with the right stuff. I took the right supplements. I, I thought the right thoughts. I read the right books. I did everything I could. And if, if it still means that you land up sick at 55 and dying, at least you can look back saying, I have no regrets. I did everything I could. It's not like you're lying there thinking, oh my word, like what a fool. Like I could have done X, Y, Z. And I, I have met those people, thousands of them over 20 years that just could kick themselves for not making small changes that would have made such a huge difference to the outcome. Mm. And I don't want that to be me because I know I don't deal well with regret. Mm. So Okay, cool. Yeah. So so those are, those are, this is great. And this is the type of stuff that we'll get into but, you know, on a themed basis for you after. But I think let people just kind of know who we are. I mean, someone's going to listen to this and they're going to not perhaps read the bio. Yeah. Um, should I go first? Yeah, you okay. go first. I don't know how to describe myself. Age before beauty, babe. Do, do, maybe, maybe, maybe you describe me. Well, I mean, I met you when you were no, wow, no, no, 36, tech, don't do that, pale, that pasty, way. soft kind of Joe Burger. Oh my goodness! Um, and just yeah, a guy that really didn't uh, respect his body. Um, but let me many just times, you, not sleeping was, for two, three okay. days at can a I time. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you why? So first of all, we didn't I know would, better. So if you don't would, know better, you don't do better. Okay, that's okay. So you, you're jumping. So that's yes. exactly why. So. When you met me, there's some things that, that astounded me was when we started dating and we'd go out, what blew me away was how you ate. You ate slowly. <laughs> intentionally. You, intentionally. 
and you chewed your food with full mindfulness. And that was the first time in my life that I ever met someone that consumed food in that way. For me, food was fuel. Okay. It's fuel. You put the stuff in your body and then your body needs it and then you move on functionally. It wasn't like looking at your plate, observing the colors, the Taking textures, yeah. chewing it properly, masticating it pro- and then mm. swallowing. I never thought about it. That was one of the first things. I, I didn't I ever tell you this. This is the first, like in the beginning, yeah, I remember? I don't think you've actually said it out loud. But yeah, but like I remember looking at you going, this chick eats <laughs> so, so annoying. slow. I was like, this is what Caucasian wealthy oh, people that gosh. grew up wealthy eat like. Because when we were, it was pup and you ran. Mm. But anyway, <laughs> but that's, so I, I, that yeah. was the what, one thing. But I, I, what you did do is made me extremely aware of health. And I think that's... And we mustn't lose that because these things are so simple because you come from health and wellness. But for us laymen out there, and I'm the, I represent the broad majority out there, this stuff's it's fascinating. It's like how to consume food in a particular way that makes it meaningful and nutritious yeah, for and your body. Yeah, and joyful because I joyful. think that… No, don't, don't explain it. These but, are going to be the things that we're going to talk exercise. about. But also exercise. So I think everything needs to be joyful. Everything. So what you do for a living, mm-hmm. um, you know… The things that you read, the exercise that you choose to engage with on a daily basis, the food that you consume, like everything needs to provide you with joy. Like there has to be meaning and purpose and joy for everything. And I do look at food as joy. I do. Mm. I I definitely do not like eat to live. I live to eat. Mm. And I came from a household that celebrated mealtimes, celebrated food. Uh, We can all cook in our family. Intimidating me so. Parents for that because they've, they taught me to be a qualitarian in everything that I do. Mm. And I've taken that into my adult life. I've taken that into everything that I do. Just focus on the quality and not the quantity of it. I Just really want you to unpack that in later episodes about what not being a vegetarian, not being a pescatarian, but being a qualitarian. qualitarian I want us yeah. to like really talk about that. But going back, okay, so it's clearly not going to work if you describe who I am. So okay. can I just describe well, who I am? Okay, fine. You go. <laughs> you win. You're just going to keep riffing into your wellness <laughs> stuff about it. Um, so my background is uh, I grew up in, in a township south, the color township south of Johannesburg uh, in El Dorado Park. Um, my dad had the foresight and for lots of reasons I landed up in Israel. I stayed there for a while. I came back to South Africa. I worked in the technology space. Um, I've worked in different technology capacities. Uh, telecom, dimension data. I had my own company. That company got acquired. He I, has nine lives. I have nine lives. Yeah, I've crashed a plane. I have crashed a microlite. I have been bitten twice by venomous snakes. And had blood transfusions. I had three. Is it three or four? Uh, three blood transfusions. Some because of alcohol. Um, and some because of the viper. My parents are going to listen to this podcast. Um, it's so, <laughs> like, let's be real, right? There's that, there's that. I've had, and then, yeah. This, a car I've, accident that con- actually completely stopped your entire yeah. soccer career. Yeah, that, but also a car accident that actually, yeah, that was, that was a weird accident. I almost died in a car accident. still have like all kinds yeah. of gummy. The left, the left side of my body is broken. Um, Only the a car left. Accident. Yeah. And then, yeah, so, and then I, I went on to live overseas. And that was my first marriage. You've been bitten marriage. by a shark? I have. But it, was, it wasn't no, like a real, real shark. Crazy. It's a guitar shark. But it's just insane. No, like I, that's why when you told me like, <laughs> that you want to start riding your Harley Davidson, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, you're totally selling that thing. And you have a microlight and a, and a plane, and like those hangers, they are getting sold. 
That is why, because I think you might only have one left. I think you might be on your eighth or ninth. So and this, it's is, like, this is the part of the podcast sorry, where I disclose that males, <laughs> the man side of this relationship is oh, all my joys have been taken away from me. <laughs> so, um, yes, he's an extremist. He's magnetic, so smart, um, dramatic. Dramatic. Um, so dramatic. Oh, really? Mr. Drama Lama. Um, <laughs> loves adventure and travel. Yeah. Lives life to the full. I think you could definitely say that if you had to, if this was your last year, you, you would have lived your life. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I have, we, I've been married before, Lisa. Um, I've got two kids from that marriage. Um, they're now, what, they're going to be 23 and 20. That's it, yeah. Right? This year, yeah. This year, we have a daughter. Um, so, yeah, so my career has been... An incredible gift for me. I've been in technology. I came back to South Africa. I started Google. I think that's what the shadow that I live in all the time when people talk about me. They say, here's the Google guy. And whenever I get introduced, they always talk. I hate that because so much happened after Google. But anyway, I came back with Novell. I started Google in South Africa. I ran Google for a period of time. And and it was a period of time in my life that was very difficult. Um, It was a peak in my career, but I had my personal life was a mess. And I, I don't know, did I meet you after that? I mean, we kind of knew each other. We can talk about mm-hmm. like how we met each other a little bit later, but my life was a mess and I was trying to fix things and I just couldn't get my balance and my way and my purpose and my direction. Professionally, ultra successful peak of my career, but my life was... like And I your was health ne- status was, was shocking. shocking. Yeah. In fact, no. You know no, what? it was. Not when I was at Google. Okay, at Google, no, but that's when, when I, I met had, you. That's the last time I saw my six-pack. Okay. Yeah, was when I looked at Google. <laughs> but it's not about that. Now you realize <laughs> that. Whatever. Because, no, okay, Whatever. so let me I want my six-pack back. Don't go there. No. It's me. Living a life of extremes is not sustainable. And that is something I have had to teach you because I remember fully. You were either, like, pigging out and, like, not going and exercising for weeks or months at a time or you mm. were training twice a day and it had to be lean and everything boiled and, and like brothed mm. and whatever. So for me, a big mission was to teach you that you can have your cake and eat it. Like you can mm. actually train once a day for, or once true. every second day, you know, and you can have the things that you love. But everything's in moderation. And I taught you a moderate life when it comes to health and wellness and the, the balance, the consistency is more important over anything else. And I, I think if you had to ask like wh- like everyone out there, what is the one thing that Lisa is? It's consistent. I'm just mm. consistent in everything that it's I do. I'm just consistent. People are talking about me so now. So you, I, I, my way. mission for you, you know, for my, I wanted to teach you how right. to be more consistent so it didn't have to be this That's all or true. nothing approach all the time. Everything that you do has to be the best. Mm. It has to be extreme. It has to be to the limits. You have to break. It has to be hard. Um, it has to be painful. It has to be sacrificial. And I had to try and show you that that is a way of like punishment. Mm-hmm. It's a way of really hurting your body. Okay, so let's go. The one, one, I just, I'll, I'm not to deviate from that point, but I do believe when I met you and we got serious, I think it may have been when we got married year one or two or so, and I, there was so much that had helped me in my career what wasn't serving me in my personal life. And I think what you helped me to do was peel that onion. Mm. And it wasn't just health as in, biology and nutrition and balance and it was actually the mental health side of things Mm. where I had to kind of go get help Mm. because in my career you know when you grew up the way we grew up and the things that we experienced then like raising capital in a startup is easy working and coding for 72 hours at a stretch is easy Um, you can do those things those extremes when you look at the contrast of how you grew up are nothing 
And I even I brought it into our relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that the way I grew up and how I grew up and my ability to just walk away from the relationship. Mm-hmm. I just had this like, well, let's let's kill it. Let's you go home, cheers, goodbye. And I it was it was there was something broken in me. Mm-hmm. And I will say, well, maybe, I don't know, not now in this episode, but I think when we talk about mental health, I really want to bring it back to those episodes again because I don't think you and I, because we're so busy, we haven't really looked back at that and reflected mm-hmm. back on that time. And I'd love to do that with you in a very open setting because I think there's learnings here where men can hear about how to live with a very successful woman, with a woman with her own purpose that's outside of yours. To live with somebody that has a completely different, you know, just her own audience, her own mm-hmm. platform, and not be intimidated by that, to support that. But you know, it, I didn't, I didn't come out the shoot like that. Mm-hmm. There was a lot oh, of yeah. work that you had to do with me, mm-hmm. and even that helped my relationship with Bethany and Amber, my daughters. I think we would have had, I would have lost my daughters from a pure relationship perspective if you were not in my life because of how I was treating them relative mm-hmm. to. Where I'd come from. I think, yeah, you had a, a survive, you incredibly resilient. You've survived a lot. Um, you've been through a hell of a lot, uh, but you become clinical. You know, mm. you, you treat everything or you paint everything with the same brush, but you can't. Like when it comes to certain work matters, you have to be able to be tough and, you know, res- um, uh, resilient and all of those things. But when it comes to your personal life, your relationships, your children, you can't treat everything mm. the same. And I think, yeah, I definitely helped you to peel the onion and do the work um, and not be too proud, as especially mm. a lot of guys are. Just, yeah, it's, I think, I think it's been to, a wholeness journey as yeah. opposed to just a wellness journey. I really think it has been a, a wholeness journey. And I think that is something we definitely want to talk about and yeah. unpack on this, on this podcast series is, is like, what does it mean to be whole? Because it's not just about nutrition and exercise and getting enough sleep and, and watching, you know, out for our guts and, all of those things that are all part of a wellness journey, but a wholeness journey. So it is also mm. about purpose and values. It's about relationships and um, balance. And it's about the whole picture. And how do we become whole human beings um, that are really living our, our life's purpose mm. and we really living our lives to the full. And that is, it's a complex, intricate kind of thing. And for everyone, the journey will be different. But I think what we're going to, in part is the tools that people need to really feel what what it means for themselves to be whole. Yeah. Because for you and me, it's different. And for everyone yeah. listening to this, it's different. So you can't compare notes. All you can do is take some of the lessons that we have experienced and been through and say, okay, how could I apply that mm-hmm. to my life? You know what I want to do is I want to, the therapist that we used, I'm going to invite her on. Yeah, she would be amazing. And I think we should do just yeah. an episode with her. And I think she should because... The way she speaks about me is better than I could ever do it. Mm. And the way she peeled that onion was extraordinary. And I think as a colored man in South Africa, I want to speak on this podcast about that. Mm. Being who I was and the things that are unspoken as colored men. Mm. Um, The the pain that we bear, the, the lack of identity that we have culturally, the ostracization that goes with it and the benefits of it, sure. But I really want to talk about that and really yeah. unpack it too. Because I think that, again, coming to, to, to if you, you can talk about nutrition, you can talk about exercise, you can talk about gut health, all of that stuff. But there's so much pain in South Africa associated with men 
that haven't done the work. Mm. And I don't think it's a color thing. I'll talk about it from a colored person's perspective because I think it it's not color. I'm not harping on the color thing. And anyone that's listening is thinking, oh, here era. we go again. It's the era that it's you grew the up era, in. Yeah. It's the color. It's the, it's the, and I want to bring it forward because I do think that people, let me just say, people of color need to speak about these mm. things a little bit more openly. And I think it will benefit all colors. Mm. And it'll the intention is to grow empathy. Because I think if you understand where that person's coming from, I think it, you suddenly contextualize it. And when you can contextualize it, that's when empathy can flow. I think that's the problem in South Africa. There's so much that we haven't, we had truth and, you know, truth and reconciliation commissions, etc. But I still feel there's so much work that was not done mm. that we need to understand that. And I think... And, and being, deconstructing like harmful habits because sometimes, yeah. you know, most human beings that are in their 40s and 50s now... Uh, we were raised by a generation of people that never spoke about their feelings. Yeah. You don't go to psychologists. This whole like, sort of a wellness and uh, being in touch with yourself and this holistic life, it didn't exist. Mm. It, it really didn't exist. So our parents really messed us up. They didn't know that, though, at the time. They mm. really were just doing the best they knew how. Yeah. There was no manual for them. It was the era that they grew up in. They, all this information that we have available to us didn't exist back then. Mm. It was just something that was taboo. You didn't talk about it. It was weak. You know, you didn't cry. You just, you got on with it. Well, we were just surviving. And, uh, and now we are the product of that generation who really needs to do a lot of work. And mm. hopefully through our learnings, we can raise a, a very different next generation mm. and they can do the same for the next generation. And it, it does need to, to stop with us. Mm. We have this huge responsibility to make sure that the future generation don't land up like we did, mm. which is, I say we, and I'm generalizing, but I do think that it is a generation that doesn't have the respect for their bodies, um, haven't done the work with regards to relationships that are taking lots of habits from their past because into their futures, because that's all they knew. Mm. And it's the best that they knew how to do as our parents mm. and us. And it's time to break those habits. It's time to to really undo a lot of the things that don't serve us anymore mm. and create a different future for ourselves and for our children. Mm. Um, and it's it's not as hard as we think. Okay, now back to me. Narcissist me. Okay, cool. <laughs> back to me. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, Where do you we go? It? <laughs> so I come back to Google. It was Google. And then after that, I built quite a few technology businesses, which I've built and exited on. And some failed, some successful. And... Um, I, I then landed up lecturing at, at business schools on the future of technology. I keynote still internationally. Uh, I was in Zambia the other day. I did a keynote there in Brazil the other day. So, And that's just me keeping in touch with the humanities aspect of it. And you know what I love is that actually has, it's benefited me professionally. Because when I think about technology, I always talk about the humanities aspect of it more than I speak about the, the technological aspect of it. And I feel like a lot of my talks have that angle to it because of our relationship and also because of people that we've coalesced or coagulated around our relationship that's aided us in some way. I mean, there's so many things about Hanli mm. that I still use in my talks. Mm. And, I, and I bring my talks always back to love. And as much as it is about technology, it's more so about humanity. And, and so, so I do the keynote stuff, um, lecture. I'm, in, I'm an investor in, in your business, which is now, we always say our business. But, <laughs> um, you know, that was a big step. And I think, you know, that was, that was a big, big step. I mean, we put... I put a lot in mm -hmm. uh, from a monetary perspective and from a time perspective. And I didn't do that lightly. I did it over a period of time because we made a decision in COVID that we wanted to be closer. And what our values changed completely during mm -hmm. COVID. 
I mean, family we, and, and having time and the flexibility mm. where it became everything actually. Mm. Um, and that whole sort of, yeah, being bound by going to work and mm. rules and things. We really just wanted to feel free to, as a family unit, be able to move and sway with the wind and yeah. be able to go travel whenever we wanted to and also to be together and to build something of meaning together because you would come home with your stories, I'd come home with mine and mm. there were very different worlds mm. and like somebody had to win Mm-hmm. And you didn't, weren't, you know, like either I'd have to follow your career and, and have to kind of like taper mine down a bit or the other way around. And neither of us really wanted to do that. So the way that we've kind of merged it is that you get to flex in your department and really show all the, your strengths when it comes to business and mm-hmm. tech and whatnot. And I get to do my, my thing. And on the side, you get to do all your keynotes and all your mm-hmm. fancy work, you know? So I just think it was a, it was a great synergy and a combination of two different human beings with talents where neither one of us actually wanted to give it up, give up our careers, still wanted to be able to do what we were good at, but do it for a common purpose. So at the end of the day, when we're talking around the dinner table and days are hard, things feel tough, gritty. We knew why we were working hard. Mm. We knew why you were away or why I was away or why we were working the weekends many times in a row what are we doing it for? It's very yeah. hard to let your your um, a partner constantly be away from the house or constantly be working if there's no unified purpose mm. to it. It's like there is resentment that builds up. There is anger that builds up. And with us, I, I think that that just dissipated the minute we decided to do something together for mm. a common but goal. So for me, the, what, what was the trigger there was... When we sat, remember I had an offer from, well, there was two big offers that I had. And both, one was Dubai and the other one was Redmond mm. um, in Seattle. And, and one was the two technology companies. And we looked at it and I'll never forget, we were sitting around the table. And I think it was Bethany, uh, our eldest daughter. And she said, whatever will make you happy, Dad. Do that. Yeah. Do that. Because we, we had the offers I had to accept and it was there mm. and accept and it was like, whatever, just do what will make you happy. And you know what I did? I went away and I went to the gym and I went mm. to go sit alone in the gym. And just so some of you know, I, I work in our gym. Um, <laughs> it's a big gym. So I, 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 I sat down there and with a piece of paper and a pen, have I told you this? Yeah. Then I wrote down happiness. Mm. And I actually wrote down happiness and I asked myself, Stafford, what is happiness for you? Define it. Like, Richie, don't, don't go on a computer, don't, like, mm-hmm. offline, completely analog, and just write down happiness. And, you know, I struggled. I like, really struggled. I didn't know what happiness was. I, like, okay, I could define it like happiness is money. I put a money bubble. Financial security is happiness. But then as more and more I dug into that hole, I realized, but that's not actually happiness. And then I brought another bubble. Another bubble was health. and Like, the, all these generic things. And then I brought it down to something very simple. And I said to myself, happiness is if I turn 60 and the people that were at the dinner table, when this was triggered, this thought process, were at that dinner table again or at a dinner table again, everyone was healthy. Everyone had very good, equally or deeper relationships with each other. And whatever spouses they would bring into the mix, the kids would also be there and it would be wholesome. And and the last thing is, no financial worry. I had like no financial worries, deep, per meaningful relationships with the entire family. And health. everyone was health. Mm. Those are my three things. And I said, that's happiness. And when I went downstairs and I told you guys that I looked at the one offer 
And I said, that doesn't equate to that in 10 years or 12 years or whatever, 13 years from now, because I'm going to be on a plane three weeks out of the month. And even if I'm present, I'm not going to be there. And that's going to impact our relationships. Mm. So we gain monetarily from a financial perspective, but do we really gain from a, that? And then I also thought about the, the, the other offer and how that maps. And whenever I look through that lens, it clarified everything. And I don't know, lots of people are thinking about what should I do? And I think mm. a lot of people after COVID, what should we do? Should we start our own businesses? I mean, if you're a Caucasian person in South Africa, it's tough. Mm. You have to start a business in South Africa mm. because, you know, BEE and affirmative action, the doors keep getting narrower and narrower and narrower to get through. So I think a lot of white folks in the country need to think about building a business or being more entrepreneurial. And I think that's a benefit. Mm. It's a consequence. It's an asymmetrical benefit um, because you've got to think in a different way. And, um, and that's what I decided to do was just not land up back in corporate, but rather go on a journey there. And I think collapsing myself into your world made so much sense because of the testimonies. And it wasn't just that decision because mm. that still lingered. It was the testimonies that I kept on seeing during lockdown of like people changing their lives during lockdown, people becoming more aware of their health, et cetera. Anyway, back to me. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so How long I, is this gonna take? I, I, I built a couple of technology businesses. I won't talk about them. And I'm still invested in some. And uh, that's who I am now. So you, person that doesn't know you. Yeah. Okay. Person that doesn't know me. Uh, well, my background, background, let's go right back. Had a really wholesome childhood, lived on a farm, lived in Peter Maritzburg, small little town, went to schools there. Uh, in my high school career, I was a ballerina, I was a gymnast, and I also had an eating disorder at that time. Parents took me out of the one school, they moved to By Durban. Way, not many people know that, eh? What yeah, was I kind it? of brushed and over it because we can talk about it maybe in another, anorexia, when yeah. I want to talk about the food side of yeah, the world and yeah. why, you know, why I have the, um, the outlook that I have around mm-hmm. food and nutrition and, and being a qualitarian. So I won't go into that detail now, but in order for, so my parents moved out of the town and I had a choice at that stage to go with them and move to like to Durban or to stay in Peter Maritzburg. So I stayed, my gymnast club was there, my gymnastics club, my ballet school, my boyfriend, uh, my friends. So I stayed and I had to live with different families actually. So I was a private boarder. I never stayed at the boarding establishment because my routine was very unusual. Being a gymnast, you get home very late uh, your practices are all over. And so none of the school buses ran at that time of night, especially for one person. Um, they would run for a group, like a netball team or hockey team. So it became really hard for me to be a boarder in a boarding establishment. So I actually lived with various different families from grade 10 to grade 12, which was unusual. Some for two terms, one some for one term. And then luckily for my matric year, it was one family for the whole year, which was quite nice and stable. But I had to get to school on my own. I had to budget on my own. I, I cycled to school. I cycled That's to gymnastics. I cycled to ballet. I cycled yeah. home at night. Um, I hated wearing a helmet half the time. So, I, yeah, I tried to cycle at early, early so that no teachers would see me riding without a helmet because I don't like rules. Um, she does not like I rules. By the way, wait, just rules. pause. Just oh wait. No, no, no. Word. It's not rules. <laughs> you actually do follow rules. What you don't like. You've been told what to do. Yeah, authority. Yeah. You do not like authority at all. What makes you right and me wrong? I have a big problem with that. And just by the way, this is the birth of this podcast. Let me just talk about that for a second. (laughs) So you were going to have sponsors for this podcast. Yeah. Right. And uh, thanks to Gavin for also coming along. And I'll mention Gavin (laughs) and the folks at Solid Gold Studios here in a second. But I, we we were going to have two kind of big brand names. And Mm. then the one brand name said, and there was a ton of cash Mm -hmm. that was going to come into this podcast. And we sat in a room with that organization and we realized that 
this podcast was going to be prescriptive. You were going to be stopped from saying certain things. I'll never forget the meeting because when we left that meeting, we went to this company's offices and then um, they started telling Lisa, you, you know, yeah, you got to like, these are the guests that we want on there and we're not too sure about these <laughs> yeah. subjects. And I, and I could feel in the room that Lisa was suddenly being told what to do. <laughs> and me, I knew when we left there, you were going to yeah. rebel in there because we got into the car and you just said, babe. I don't want them in. Mm. I don't think it's the right thing because I can't speak my truth. They're going to stop yeah. me from saying certain things. I don't want anything to and be curated. Yeah, nothing um, curated. So this is what this podcast is. And I want yeah, to just make also, sure people are I clear. I also didn't want to disappoint. Yeah. So that's the other thing is that I, I wanted to just feel like I could be 100% myself without any agenda and feel like I could be authentic and, and impart as much as I possibly could with all my years experience with the beautiful guests that we're going to get on as well that know better than I yeah. do on certain subjects and, and do my best, like just give it my best shots um, to know that it, it's out there. Like everything that I right. know and feel and think and it's out there and, I, yeah. and, I, and it was never curated. And that I've, I wanted that freedom to, especially for my first one, uh, for my first series. I really the, wanted you know, that. First season. First season. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. But you know what was amazing? Mm-hmm. And, when, you know, we're still talking about me. No, no, yeah, we're still talking about okay. <laughs> two narcissists just, just, doing a podcast. It's going to be amazing. Um, so we 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 sat in that meeting, and I saw you you liberaled, and you said, "I'm not going to do this because I can't be told what to do." Number one, and it, I can't be authentic. And I always love when you do that because whenever you click into that authentic channel, then I know we're on the right path. Even if it's monetarily, like, "Oh my God, we're going to hit a wall," mm. I still find like over the long term and wherever we've done this, it's real. Um, and people, I think that's what the brand Lisa Rally is all about. That's the business, which we'll talk about now in a second. But I mean, that's the authenticity of it. It's not just another brand and well, another big company. I'll, I'll really want to go into that. Yeah, we'll um, talk about and that. And that, that'll be in the first podcast, though. The first, okay. the first episode. Sorry, okay. the first episode. I want to talk about joy. And like when I made that decision that I wanted to do this first um, season. Right. Yes. Uh, like autonomously where that came from and I want to help others to find that in themselves their authentic selves mm. um, because that it's so important in life to just be who you are and not pretend to be someone else but you know what happens when you do this let's make it very practical when I said babe that means we don't have that cash and it was a chunk of change to do it and mm. it's not cheap to do podcasts yeah. anymore um, <laughs> you know you got you, there's so much into podcasting etc and you know what was incredible I called Gavin um, Gavin's here in the room. I called him and I said, uh, we don't have the sponsor on board, but this is why we don't have them on board. We've actually turned them down. I think they actually said, wow, when you told them, I'm not going to go mm-hmm. along with you. They were like, seriously, like no one turns them down this amount of money and no one. And they loved it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, OK, go do it. And we were like, if the next season, can we come along? And that was great feedback. And then I went to Gavin and I told Gavin at Solar Gold Studios and I said, Gav, here's the situation we can't afford this budget anymore. And he came along for the ride. And Gav said, okay, cool, let's do this. And he like really chiseled things down. Mm. He really made Thanks, it economical. Gavin. And <laughs> yeah, so, so thank you. And, and I think it's, that's what happens though. When you go back to purpose mm. and you go back to authentic execution, people want to be along because it's refreshing. Mm. I mean, who turns down well, we that We live in a world right now, right, of, where everything is curated and everything is fake and everything's right. for social media. And it's hard to believe AI and chats and it's hard to believe no, no, what's no, real no, no, anymore. No, no, no. Don't leave AI out. That's okay, well, let's thing. mid-journey um, okay. where oh, you can no, actually... AI, no, it. it's not. No, I'm not. Well, you don't know what's real. <laughs> I mean, there's a shark that's washed up, bigger shark ever seen on Durban Beach fronts. Like, is it real? Or is yeah. it like AI? Like nobody knows what to believe anymore. Right. So being True. authentic, we, we are going to really value conversations, being real with right. each other, 
uh, in-person connection is going to be massive. So yeah, for me, I really just wanted to have the freedom to do it because I've done a lot of TV in my life. Mm. I have done a lot of stuff where everything was shot like an entire day, eight hours of my life for eight minutes on TV. You say that because that oh, was, my you word. loved the idea of the podcast because when I, just by the way, I did push you to do this. You were a little <laughs> bit nervous, but you loved the fact that you could finally have a medium where you do this thing, you do it and it wouldn't be cut. Well, yeah, you can go into the depths of it as opposed to just all the superficial stuff that will um, kind of keep people interested on the TV because it's like the highlights yeah. constantly. You just, it's tiny bits that don't have any meaning mm. at all, any depth whatsoever. So you're going wide the whole time and not going deep. And that was very frustrating. You know, it's 12 years now in the TV media industry and everything was about, it's got to look good for TV. It's got to be like quick shop and, you know, just a little nugget, just enough mm. to tie people in, but then you don't actually tell them why. Mm. <laughs> you're telling them how, but not why. So they never buy in. So mm. they love it, but they don't know why or how you do it. So it was just really frustrating. A whole day of shooting for eight minutes, a half a day shooting for four minutes. And at the end of it, when I watched that episode back, I always had this feeling of disappointment, always. Because I looked at it and going, oh my word, they didn't mention this. They didn't say this. Mm. They didn't They didn't put that in. Why didn't they put it in? Mm. And it's because they only had four minutes. They had to choose four minutes out of four five hours right. very frustrating for so me. Now, now you have long form and you can you can just I, we, we can go deeper yeah. we can go deeper which is great because the deep stuff the meaningful stuff the stuff that is going to ignite emotion and feelings in people are going to be why people decide to do it and why mm. they make those changes and those changes will ignite a feeling in them that will be permanent mm. so because i just feel it's a ripple effect so Okay, so going back to me, I uh, lived with many different families, and with that became, I had to develop a, a really heightened EQ at a very young age. So I was 14 years old, living with different families, getting from A to B on my own, making my own school lunch, budgeting according to a little, like a, 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 what's it called, a ledger. My mom would teach me how to do like debtors and all of that stuff, mm. credits and debtors and all that. Um, and I had to be incredibly self-disciplined and live kind of on my own in the week and on the weekends I'd see my parents and so this was a decision we made as a family and to this day mom and dad I am very grateful for trusting me to be on my own in a different city at the age of 14 years old and knowing that their daughter has got it she's just she's got the self-discipline she's got the self-control and she'll be okay mm. and it, it, it's amazing because they could have forced me to go back to Durban and my life would have been very different. Mm. But they said, okay, fine, you can stay in Peter Maritzburg, we trust you. And they let me be who I needed to be. And that I will never forget. Um, okay, so straight, uh, so anyway, gymnastics, ballet, um, eating disorder, uh, living with different families, loved figuring families out, like the dynamics in a family. I had to develop EQ way sooner than I needed to. I had to develop self-discipline, self-control, and being an adult, really, way sooner. Mm. So everything was kind of accelerated for me. I, I studied straight after school. I paid for my own studies uh, to become a personal trainer, and I was waitressing at the time uh, to pay for all of that. I had to pay for my own ticket to go overseas. And it was like it was hard. There was a lot of sacrifice. But my parents were both entrepreneurial. They both worked very hard. Both had a few things going on always at any one time. And we grew up like that. We knew you've got to hustle, you've got to work hard. You, there's no, it's, it's not easy. There's no mm. silver spoon here. And I'm also grateful to them for exposing us children to working hard for what you, what you want to do. And just like there is no easy way. Okay, so 
went overseas and I worked in gyms over there. I got lots of experience um, as a motivator, personal trainer. It was awesome. Came back and decided to start my little mobile personal training business because I didn't have a lot of money. So I, I bought very basic equipment, a gym step, weights, skipping rope, rebounder, believe it or not, I was 19. And all the little stuff that I could pack into the back of my little rusty Corsa and go from door to door with my private clients and training them in the comfort of their own home using minimal equipment, a speaker, motivation and being again in very strange environments mm. with weird dogs children around me um husbands like it was just a different environment and i did that for about a year and then i got my own premises and i got a few gyms after that and i that's what i did i was a personal trainer very soon after that i had three gyms i had about 80 trainers and staff members working for me between those three gyms and then I got a big break. And the big break was on a big reality show, global one, called The Biggest Loser. And I was chosen as the blue team's trainer for our country. I was the female trainer. There was only one in the whole country. And it was a, a call and a, a moment I will never forget being told that you're, you're it. Mm. And just like that, my career changed. I was on sets all the time. And I had no TV training at that time. It was hard. I was 24 years old. I knew nothing about life and all of that. But what I did have were, was these seven individuals in front of me that were all severely obese with all different reasons why they got there in the first place. Not because they just loved food, but because something had happened hmm. to them. And they came from different parts of the country, different languages, different sexes, different colors, everything. I mean, I was given a smorgasbord of humans and I was 24. And I had to like learn really quickly um, what made people tick. I had to peel those onions. I had to really, I, ju I was jumping into the deep end there. And after I did that show, it changed me forever. I fell in love um, with bigger people. Hmm. I actually loved them because, you know, you can have an addiction that everyone can kind of see, so right? This is why you love me oh, when you first met me. Yeah, totally, babe. Like Bigger love at first, at first uh, <laughs> sight. But so you can have an addiction that no one can see is what I was meant to say. So you can gamble, you can have a, a you know, a sex addiction, um, alcohol, drugs. You can have all these addictions that are really detrimental to your well-being and your relationships and your family environments, your financial status, your life, everyone that you, everyone's lives that you're in also. Okay. So. Nobody can see that person's got that addiction, right? right? And then when it comes to obesity, however, everybody everyone knows there's a yeah. problem. Your addiction is food, mm -hmm. okay? And everyone knows it. And that is what's so sad about it because you could be like abusing your wife. You could be taking those drugs. You could be drinking. You could be gambling, doing all that stuff. And no one, everyone thinks you're perfect, okay, on the outside. But you're hiding all these demons, right, in the cupboard, but then when you're overweight or obese, everybody knows that you're eating and you've got a problem. Wow, I didn't even think about that. And I just felt yeah. so, I didn't feel sorry. I just felt like I had to do something about it because this was a demographic of human beings that were incredibly vulnerable, hurt, they had trauma, most probably something that had gotten in the way. And it has made them eat to fill that void instead of taking drugs or drinking or, or smoking or whatever else. They, they turned to food. And food was their comforts. Well, I want to pause you, just ask you. In today's day and age, we got a lot of like antibody shaming people. Mm. So people like you, they're all slim, your life is slim, all that. No, not the whole life, but yeah. But, but, <laughs> but the point is, um, I don't want to call it the woke movement or anything like that because I don't mm. know anything about it. I think we will talk about that at some point in time, especially because of the Gen Zs mm. in our house. But um, 
people want to celebrate overweight people today. They want to put them on runways. Mm-hmm. They want to put them on covers of magazines. They want to go just quickly, just and be careful mm-hmm. now because this well, is I'm one that's going to speak authentically. Yeah. Um, I do feel that you know thin does not equal healthy, and fat does not equal unhealthy. Okay. You know, so I, I really do believe that because I have come across a lot of clients in my time that are curvier and they are so fit, stronger than me, and they eat really well and genetically they're not blessed. They don't have the greatest DNA. Um, they just are larger people, but they're actually incredibly healthy. From a health status point of view, they have good cholesterol, good BP, good everything. So there's nothing actually physically wrong with them. They're mm. just carrying more weight. And they could also have big bones and whatnot. So they're just bigger people that have got a specific body type, whether it's, uh, they're probably more like endomorphs. Your naturally fat people are called endomorphs. They're kind of born like that. And they can be fit, strong, healthy, run marathons. They've got perfect BP their whole life. They live till they're 95. What's and BP? they're chubby, blood pressure. Okay. And then you get your skinny people who are only drinking coffee in the morning, totally under eating their calories, have very little muscle tone. Their bone density is shocking. They, they're on the, the brink of osteopenia or osteoporosis, depressed. Um, you know, they're riddled with cholesterol. They are not fit at all. So they are skinny, but they are dying inside. Right. And I've seen so many of those. Mm. And, you know, that is not to be celebrated. You mm. know, so I, I don't, I think that if there is a really overweight person and everyone's going, but that's who she is, is she doing the best that she can? In, in her situation. And if you, if she can honestly say, yes, I train every day, I eat well, I do all these things and this is still me, beautiful. You know, okay. then she's beautiful. Right. But if she is lying on a couch, being a sloth, eating all the wrong things, drinking way too much, abusing her body, and she's like, this is me, that is not so beautiful because that's a bad example for our youth. It's, a, it's mm. not healthy. Um, and that is what I want to bring forward. It's like, do your best always Mm. like just do your best because once you know better do better Mm. you know respect your body be a good example people are watching and especially those with influence like Mm. you need to be responsible with your influence okay back to biggest loser okay so anyway biggest loser and this whole demographic of people these really overweight people they had reasons why they were there and i don't want to get into the reasons for each person but they were they were all varied and they were all traumatic and it was massive. That whole show was so emo- like emotional for me. I remember crying a lot. It released something in me, but a lot of empathy and compassion was released. It was, it was a lot. Afterwards, I realized I needed to learn more. I studied more into behavior and into nutrition and DNA and life coaching. And I wanted to really, really try and understand a human being as a whole. It's not just about fitness. Oh my gosh, fitness is one tiny aspect um, of it. Mm. And that is what I was focusing on for a very long time. And I wanted to learn all the other aspects in like way deep. I wanted to go deep so that I could help somebody holistically and really help them to change for the for good. Not just let's get fit, but let's look at all the aspects of sleep, digestion, happiness, joy, purpose, passion, everything. I wanted to make sure I helped somebody long term and really try and get over the reasons why they were doing that harmful behavior mm. in the first place. So that was 
I, I will forever will be grateful to The Biggest Loser. After that, I started a wellness clinic in, in Durban, um, which was all for overweight people. I got inundated after that show. I want to be just like The Biggest Losers. Can I come to Durban? I'll stay there for 12 weeks. Mm. And can you do that? And I actually started an entire program. And all my clients were really overweight. And it was incredible. Um, anyway, fast forward, fast forward. Because I had been in the limelight for a while, I got a lot of other TV show opportunities, radio, writing. And I had a, a fitness and wellness career in the media that was just like the way forward but I did get frustrated with having gyms where the four walls kind of confined you and even though you had this TV presence because of the four minute eight minutes things I felt like I was never actually doing good Mm -hmm. I was just getting more and more frustrated and so the sort of online world was born Um, I wanted to generate programs and products and things that would help people long term like journeys that people could go Mm -hmm. on um, that are duplicable and I had a team around me that could amplify this and make sure that it was global and it was online and that I wasn't confined by four walls anymore. Mm. So my online world started um, and then, you know, rebounding is something that I've added as a as something because I've always been an injury prone person. Mm. High impact exercise no, never works for me. Bella was born. Yes, but I've had a rebounder in my yeah. sort of gyms for the longest time. Mm. And I was looking for something that wouldn't hurt my body after I had had Bella. I was overweight. I was really miserable with how my body looked. And the pain was crazy because I was overweight. Knees, back, hips, everything was sore. And you had a C-section. C-section. But I also had like big time body dysmorphia at that stage because I couldn't believe how huge my breasts were. They were just so, I couldn't actually believe it. And just looking down at my body saying, what happened to me? I was so unfit and so miserable and so sleep deprived. And this baby came out of like nowhere because she wasn't planned. And my career had to pause for a bit. And boy, oh boy, was I, did I have like a bit of like PTSD? Mm. (laughs) Not a bit, I think a lot. And I got that rebounder out because it was low impact and I needed to sweat. I needed to move my body. I was super frustrated and I started seeing benefits and I started getting results. Even in just a few short weeks, I started having less pain, less water retention. I was a bit happier. So the joy started and things started coming right and I started sleeping better and everything just started coming back to, back to, to begin again where I kind of left off, where I felt healthy and well. I started researching online so many different sort of rebounding offerings out there. There was very little. Mm. There was hardly any workouts for me to follow. I got frustrated. Well, there was, but they were horrible. But frustrating. Same lady. I did her workouts 45 times. I knew every move the next, Mm. you know, I knew the music. I knew what she was going to say. It was so predictable and boring. I came back to Joburg after being at the farm for about a month where I took this rebounder to experiment with and I was, I was in love. I must say, I, I've, I was in love from the first bounce. Yeah. And then studied it, practiced it, shot home workouts for people, started doing classes in our community and that was kind of how the whole brand started with Bounty. And mm. COVID accelerated and amplified our entire message. Everybody wanted a rebounder for home. It was universal. It was affordable. It was portable. The whole family enjoyed it. There were online workouts. We, we launched free classes for everybody during that time and that took off. And thanks COVID because they really did accelerate the, the whole rebounding business. Yes, it did. Yeah. Um, and I think what happened is that it f- people were forced to be home. And now that they've bought this rebounder, they were forced to stay on it and to keep showing up for the online classes. And they started seeing results mm. because they weren't going to the gym. They weren't doing anything else. They were just on the rebounder. It was sticky because it's very, really fun. And that is the thing that I love the most about it is the joy part of mm. rebounding, uh, coming back to that joy factor again. 
and people got results. So three years in, people have transformed their bodies because of rebounding. No pain, um, no sore knees have disappeared. Everything like fixed, completely fixed. And so rebounding started to get the respect it deserved. Yeah. So let me, let me jump so, in. So what we saw during COVID, and this is I can't remember. Did I come into the business in 2020? Yeah. 2020, right? Mm-hmm. So when I say when I came into the business, that's when they, I made the yeah, investment. Like the October. Yeah, yeah. When, when we did the big, yeah, the, the tranche of money deposited <laughs> into. But I mean, that, that was, uh, what I was seeing there was something that was quite interesting. It was filling a gap that no one else, but le- just as an entrepreneur, when I sat down with Lisa, uh, so Lisa's business savvy is not as great as her <laughs> kind of a human, the human side to you, that wellness side to you, that the, the, the wood behind the arrow it's kind of what I'm trying to lean into to provide. So whatever that is that you want to do, you know, kind of be supported as a manpower, etc. I think one of the things that we did to fast forward to where we are today, the Lisa Rally brand was big at that time. In 2020, there was lots of people that knew you from the TV show. When I sat down with you as an investor, I said, okay, babe, I'm taking off my hat. We were sitting on our farm in the Midlands. I took my hat off in the, in the lounge and I said, uh, no, I would never invest in a business with someone's name. Yeah. Because I've just seen it too many times. Martha Stewart did something stupid and her business went. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres did something. So I thought, no, if you went and did something racist, then the business would collapse. And that's where we birthed the various brands. Yeah. So we said, okay, Bounty. Mm-hmm. Is, and we came up with the name and we mm-hmm. researched Bounty, Bounty, the meaning. And you love that name because well, of what the it means. Um, so Lisa, if you research Lisa, the, one of the words that describes Lisa is bountiful. Bountiful, yeah. Yeah. Bounty, so that was like, wow, okay. And that was after I'd actually mm. decided on the name, Bounty. Mm. And that was connection. So then yeah. was Bounty and that's all the rebounding stuff. Yeah. Then, uh, then I think LR popped up. And LR was around because that was your name, your name yeah. all over. But then we cordoned LR into supplementation. So, so Bounty was kind of like, what do you do with your body in terms well, of the bounty's rebounding and all things on all a rebounder. rebounding? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the modality, the workouts, all of that other cool stuff. And then, you know, fast forward to today, that is the number one in South Africa in its particular category. I'd, I'd argue it's one of the biggest in the world. Um, you are considered by some leading minds in the world as being the number one rebounding person in the world. Uh, we've heard this multiple times, and that's going to be personified over the next couple of months. But um, bounty is really big. And then what we did was we 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 took LR. We made LR all about supplementation. Well, and there man you for built, living, yeah, yeah. That was supplementation, nutrition, dietetics, yeah. and DNA. And there we built in a whole set of DNA offerings and and are, everything else that's not exercise. So yeah. it's digestion, it's the mindfulness side, mm. it's stress management, mm. um, it's sleep it's it's all the the other stuff that people mustn't neglect you know you can't just exercise and hope for the best it's the other stuff so we couldn't call it bounty because bounty is rebounding everything that didn't fit into bounty was lr Mm. so like pretty much everything else was lr and then the third brand is body kind and that's what you wear on your body whilst you're on your transformation yeah but how body kind came to be was when people saw you and they were like what you wearing yeah and then you were like Maybe limp, let's sell a couple of these leggings. Yeah. And I was like, oh, people well, like these leggings. And yeah, then, I just think I wore every brand under the sun for the last 20 years because I have been sponsored by almost all the brands in SA for, you know, for a period of time. And I've tried them all and I've, we've traveled so much, you and I overseas. Yeah. I've tried all the international brands and I think I knew the ones I kept going back to, the, the tights that I kept going back to every time I felt like I had a fat day or, mm-hmm. you know, the, these ones did the things. They, they lived the lifting and the tucking and the hiding and the da, 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 accentuating. So I had like all my favorites. So I knew that at one stage I was tired of wearing other people's brands and mm. having to tweet for them and, you know, tag them and stuff. I just wanted to have the brand that I built that I believe make women feel 
better mm. whilst they are on their fitness journey and not waiting. Because for some people, it can take three years to get to that ultimate goal. Mm. So they're going to feel like rubbish for three years whilst they're trying to get there. Why don't they feel good whilst they're getting there? They mm. feel supported. They feel nipped and tucked. They feel confident. They feel like they've got beautiful athleisure that makes them feel amazing whilst that journey is happening because it can be long. And a lot of the time, the sustainable journeys are long. Mm. You know, quick fixes are a dime a dozen and they are not always sustainable. So, yes, Body Kind was born and it's a beautiful brand with adjustable sports bras and beautiful leggings that accentuate and hide and nip and tuck and all of that, uh, as well as bringing in lots of color and lots of detail because I'm a detail freak, as well as bringing in a lot of artists because I come from a family of artists trying to support the the local the creatives the creatives mm. um and i'm trying to support artists out there you know with having their beautiful prints digitized and then printed onto fabrics and having them adorned by ladies all over the world now mainly SA, but we're getting there um that's just original and mm. has meaning every single pair of our leggings to date has a meaning behind why a hummingbird or why a tribal or mm. why the superhero or superwoman you know with the affirmations you know, every single pair has a story. And I wanted that. I wanted you women to wear leggings that had purpose and mm. meaning. Because I'm always looking for that purpose, that meaning. Like, why? Why did are the leggings like this? Mm. Why do they have pockets there? Why are they doing that thing for the bum? Mm. Why do they have that print? Like, mm. it's for me, you can't just wear stuff. It has to mean something. It has to make you feel mm. a certain way. So even our positivities have beautiful affirmations on them because when you wear that, you feel that mm. and you personify that. And so your day begins. So I just feel like there's just, there's, it's nothing's to chance. Everything has a purpose. It's, there's a reason for it. So Body Kind is really, I'm hoping going to be a brand that becomes really well known over time. It has grown a lot in the last years. Yep. It's lots of fun and I am a creative. So for me, that's my creative flex. I can, go crazy with that brand and sometimes I win and sometimes I don't yeah. but I, it's fun it makes me happy and you know that's what, again important big thing but yeah. I mean I, what I see with a lot of people come in they, when they touch it they're like wow never felt yeah. this before like this and, and that's the thing and I always tell them that every single piece has been worn by Lisa tried it it's not just like a big like another brand like another yeah. retail brand I think LR is going to be interesting because LR is where the DNA stuff lives and this is where we always tell people if you're going to make a change don't make a change based on a keto diet or um, we always get this like, mm. what do you think of intermittent fasting? And I think each one of these brands will kind of pop up in the various episodes yeah. that we do. I think what you wear on your body is so part of what your attitude is and who you believe you are. And I think body kind will fit in there. Well, can I, I explain think, one more thing as well? So, mm -hmm. so sometimes, I mean, I want people to do all three. Like I would love everybody to, you know, buy our sleep products, to do their DNA test, to deal, you know, with the nutrition side because yeah. It works. Every mm. time we do it with a client, it's like guaranteed. Mm. It works. The rebounding side is a, is a beautiful way of exercising that's fun. It works. Practical. It's uh, practical. Mm. It's uh, time efficient and affordable. And I think the most important thing is it's kind to the body. Mm. You know, so it's like it's low impact. It's and the kind. science behind it now it's is like indisputable. Yeah. So I want everyone to do that too. And then I want everyone to wear beautiful things and feel amazing. So... But the thing is, not everybody wants to rebound off the bat. So they come in through the, through the point of contact as first body kind. Right. And then they sort of buy into this ethos mm. and then they start, a re they, they try a rebounding class mm. and then they're like, Oh, what else is there? Mm. Or they'll come in through DNA um, because they want to sort their diet out, but they're wearing another brand, you know, a famous brand or whatever. And then they buy into the DNA and then they start 
you know, yeah. the rebounding side of it because the DNA says they have high inflammation, bad t- detox, and they need to do something low impact. Mm. And they're like, oh, let me go. And really? then they start saying, oh, I need rebounding shoes and I need a supportive bra. And yeah. oh, that nice top goes well. So then that point of entry is, is there. Or, so there's three ways that we attract clients in. And sometimes people are, no thanks, I go to gym. No thanks, I have my Pilates instructor. No thanks, I do boxing. Um, so they wear out my stuff. They have the DNA, but eventually they land up rebounding. Yep. And because you can't help it. Mm. That people see all these happy people around them, like, I want some of that, mm. you know? Um, so that is also why the three brands, because they represent different people and different people are going to touch our brands in different ways mm. over a period of time. And they're going to land up doing all of it eventually so so we'll we'll talk also i think about the business itself and how the business is because it is a great case study i mean from covid into i think Mm -hmm. the last three four years of this business has just ballooned it and i think it's the incredible team that we've built up i mean it's really hard hiring the right people i want to say one last thing one last thing on on the on the bounty side sorry um so yes it's all things rebounding but it's also accessories that are beautiful so i have been in the fitness game for 20 years Everything is very masculine. Everything is steel, it's black, and it's primary colors. Like, I I am not a fan of primary colors. And it's always been like that. It's always Mm. been a masculine world, but yet so many women train at home. Mm. And now with COVID, so many people are bringing their home gyms into their lounges, into their spare rooms, next to their beds, next to their desks. And it's got to look pretty Mm. because now you you hide it away. You quickly go put it in the garage or you hide it away because it's really ugly. But I don't want that. I want people to be proud of their beautiful rose gold rebounder and their their weights that are have got floral prints all over them that kind of match your decor. Mm. So why does exercise equipment have to be so gross mm. and so ugly and so masculine when half the time it's, it's females using it? And home workouts have become this thing to stay. People have, are all training at home, if not every day, at least twice a week. So I wanted to develop and I have developed a range of home gym equipment and accessories that women can be proud of, that they can love to wear, that are beautiful, that are feminine, that are ergonomic, that are proudly South African, most of them. So yes, I wanted to kind of just change that narrative because I'm tired of gym equipment being in the garage. Okay. So coming back to point. So you've built this arguably one of the biggest wellness, health and fitness brands in the country now. I mean, we, it's quite big. You've got, you've got a lot of clients. I think you're bordering on about 100,000 clients that, you know, operate in and around the business. So if you take a look at like an average two months go by, we'd say almost 100,000 people buy a product or they engage with the service. That's significant. I mean, that's, that's major. As an, and as a female entrepreneur, I think that's huge too. And I, people always want to know, like, where is this going? And mm. uh, we're opening up in, in another a couple of cities soon, Belito. We're looking at Cape Town very seriously. We're looking at Pretoria. But we're also looking at the United States. We're looking at reinvigorating our UK presence again mm. and going into Europe. So And Middle East. And the well, Middle yeah. East. So it's, uh, it's got so much going mm. for it. And I think in the podcast, what we want to do is give people updates on kind of where's the business and yeah. what's coming next. And I think if people listen, what I want to drop into the podcast is brand new releases that are going to come yeah. before we tell anyone else. Um, you know, just tell them like this range is coming or we're planning on this. And, and I think that's going to be like a little... Mm-hmm. secret that we'll share. But, you know, you say we're big and we have grown substantially. It's been amazing and I'm very grateful for it. But I do kind of feel 
that we've only just begun. Like yeah. that, I really do. Every day I just feel it's like... It's still a startup. Because <laughs> absolutely. People come past the store every day going, that's a very pretty thing that's hanging there on the wall, that circular thing. What, what is, is that? that? I'm like, are you serious? What rock are you yeah. living under? The guys always look at that and go, what's this Because we are, we're surrounded by it every day. Like mm. we, we take for granted that people don't even know what rebounding is. They don't even mm. know what DNA is. They've never heard of it. They've never mm. heard of body kind. They don't have a clue. And so that is exciting for me because it means that we have so much more work to do. And there's so many more people that we can help and, and so how, how's change. So how's it felt working with your husband in a business like this? Just quick synopsis. Uh, I mean, it has its challenges. Um, <laughs> <laughs> guys, we must be like really honest. Yeah. Um, I think we're still early days. I think we still navigate. We have our ups and downs. I think overall it's great because we're on the same page. Yeah. We are on the same page. We both want the same outcome. For us, I think happiness means the same thing. Health, family, flexibility, you know, uh, that's really wealth, right? And no mm, financial mm, problems. Mm, mm. The freedom. I think freedom is a big part of it. Right. And just being able to do what you want when you want to. And no one's telling you what to do. Mm. It's a big thing for me Good from for a you. happiness yeah. perspective. Right. So we have, you know, the similar goals and morals and values and Working together has been great because I don't have you on my back every five seconds as to why you're working another weekend mm. because, you know, I have to because right. it's this event or it's this launch or we've got something big. So I feel like I'm not getting a lot of resistance mm. But also anymore. our whole family's in it. I mean, our two daughters work in it. Yeah, and that Bella's was very, very stressful. Involved, is there, yeah. You know, in the fitness industry, weekends are when you work a lot mm. because everybody is off. So mm. weekends are a norm. And it's hard because a few years ago you would question that, mm. you know, and it was, I felt like I was coming up against this resistance That's all the true, time. Right? I used to ask you all the time, why? And it was really difficult to, mm. like, I felt very stressed about it. Mm. How am I going to tell you that this weekend I also have to work, mm. you know, again? It was very hard. And now that we're on the same page, I feel like there's less resistance who works and more who? understanding. Who works for? Um, <laughs> you work. For the, for the back office. <laughs> I work for the front <laughs> office. <laughs> so we, I think the key, the key mm. really is staying in your lane. And um, mm. because the once or twice that you've come over to my lane, I made it very clear to get back into your yeah. lane because that is where there is conflict. Mm. So you're so good at so many things and I'm good at where I'm good. And I think that for as long as you can clearly define those lines and stay there so that there's actually a lot to talk about at the end of the day because our paths hardly cross. We weren't in the same meetings. Um, and there's a lot to share mm. and it's interesting. You know, it's not like, oh my gosh, we're in all the same meetings. We know exactly what's going on at the end of the day. What do you talk about? Yeah. You know, so I, I do think that that is, um, that's something that we've, we've had to work on and kind of got it right and wrong a few times. Mm. Uh, I think the biggest thing for us still to this day is just finding that cutoff point. And that is something we're working on all the yeah. time. Yeah. Right. It's six o'clock, phones down, everyone, and it's family time now and, and actually being able to go like, this is this mode, mm. this is this but mode. I think it's harder for us because it's not just devices that get switched off. It's also the topic of conversation should not dinner. be the business. Yeah, that's, that's, except that's that, a tough thing. you know, it's actually really wonderful because mm. there's a lot of joy that happens in our day. You know, there's a lot of uh, feedback that we get from our clients. There's a lot of beautiful testimonies. There's successes. Yeah, we're all entrepreneurs true. in a business that's growing and changing lives. Mm. So at, at the dinner table, we're sharing about our days. And just by the way, for those listening, there is no balance. If someone <laughs> yeah. thinks there's balance, that? Yeah. there's no balance. There's discipline, but there's absolutely yeah. no balance. Yeah. I mean, there's just no balance. You're working seven days a week. Mm -hmm. You're doing podcasts, then you're doing a keynote, and then you're doing you know, a creative thing. Then you're on the phone with China in the middle of the night, and then early mornings. I mean, it just doesn't stop. But I think mm. if you're doing something that truly impacts people's lives, then that sacrifice, the whole family understands 
is because it impacts so many people's lives. And I think mm-hmm. that's the key thing. Would you recommend couples do this? Yeah, I would. Would you? Yeah, as long as they have the same like common goal, purpose, and value system. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it's great. I mean, you and I are going on holiday next month, but holiday is a bit of work. We have to jump on Zoom calls while we're there. I'm shooting a lot of content while we're there. There's mm-hmm. going to be business and play, but we're on holiday in a beautiful place. Yeah. It's like we can both do that and be understanding. You take Bella, I've got a, 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 this on you know, you take Bella, I've got this on and there's no like, but why, but why, but why? Yeah. This this friction and this tension mm-hmm. all the time in the relationship because there's no understanding. Right. When you're on a common sort of trajectory and you have the same purpose, there is no why. It's right. just like, you got to do it. Yeah. It's get on with it. it. For me, it's a big relief and a, and a, a tension point that's been taken away. I will say from my perspective, there are days I go like... What WTF. Like, why, 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 what Same. the hell? Like, Same. I could go work somewhere and, yeah. or I just won't work anymore. And yeah. like, I'll just, like, I'm, this is done. Yeah. And, and I uh, have the same, I yeah. think I'm going to be a housewife. Yeah. You know yeah. what? You know what? <laughs> It'll be so people, much easier. What people don't go know. get a fancy tech job. Yeah. I'll be a housewife. You give up once a week. And, right? and how easy would my life be? But the people don't know this. You, Yo, you give up once a week. I would shrivel up and die. die yeah. Because my purpose would go, all I do is spend time mm. rebounding, shooting social media content, and doing stuff with my child. I mean, come on. Yeah. I know I'm here for a bigger purpose. Yeah. And it's on those dark days where I'll get a beautiful message from a staff member or from a client. Or from me. Mm, or from you. <laughs> okay, not so much. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? I will get Come a beautiful on. message from somebody that's, that just says, I see you or mm. thank you or you've done this for mm. my life. And I promise you now that's all I needed. But it's I will just say, that people, one thing. In, in this podcast series, where I think we should lift the curtain a little bit, like a lot more on, <laughs> on like the tough stuff. And really talk about that because, yeah, people see the glamour. They see us together. They see the newspaper articles. They see all but they don't understand the grind. And the grind mm. is, is hectic. But if, if we were in a different business that was not like this, I think I would have bailed by now. Mm. And I think you would have too because yeah. I just think it's that impact. It's that change. Okay, cool. Yes. So we've spoken about who we are. And I think people have a very good concept of, of you and, and yeah. what you're going to bring forward. I think the key thing with you going into the podcast series is you're not necessarily a medical professional, but your experience, you know, from a sleep, gut, mental health, you name it, nutritional diet perspective Mm -hmm. is is going to be invaluable. But wherever I feel I need to, because I also need to stay in my lane and I need to be professional, you know, so wherever I feel I'm out of my depth, I will definitely get an expert that I revere and that I've worked with and that have the same values as me when it comes to, you know, outcomes and Mm -hmm. outlook. I will get that guest onto the show. But I just want to tell everyone that those guests are going to be incredible guests. I mean, we've got like... The Don't top, mention. No, I won't mention, yeah. but we've got like the top resilience lady in the world yeah. that we'll have on here. We've got one of the sleep top experts, sleep experts in the gut world that we're going to gut yeah. health experts. So we're going to like literally bring the best mm. of the best onto this podcast that you, like you can just riff with them. I'll just, what I want to do on the podcast is make sure that you guys translate back to the dumb people like me. Yeah. Like there's a lot of us out there that when you guys speak, it's all gobbledygook and you need to make sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bring it back constantly. Like, what does this mean and how can I employ this? Mm-hmm. But my life's like this. How does this fit? And that's what it's going to be all about. So yeah. let's talk about moving forward, right? Cool. So so there's going to be an episode per week. Yes. That we'll shoot. We'll keep to time because I know this was super long. But, yeah. uh, you know, at I know, about by the way, hour, Gavin's toes are curling right now you know, because of length. He's going to have to cut so much. No, out, he's not going to cut anything. Okay. We don't cut anything. If you can't stick with the length. Maybe can 
going to be part one and part two. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, but yes, one hour there. We have to stick to one hour going forward yeah. well, on whatever topic. Right. Yes. Okay, one hour. Um, and then what we've decided is that we'd love to hear from our listeners. So we are going to ask whoever, you know, all of you out there to please um, send in some questions. So there'll yeah. be a way that people can do that, like a WhatsApp number. Yeah, WhatsApp number and an email can, address. And an email address yeah. that you can either send a voice note um, question or you can type it out in our WhatsApp or you can send an email. Yeah. And then what we'll do is we'll pick our top five and we will then unpack those questions and answers yeah. on that 30 minutes sort of follow up on that specific topic or theme we'll, later on okay. that week. We'll take a look at it. Maybe we'll do it in an episode. It'll just be a lengthier episode and we'll do Q&A okay. kind of towards cool. the end. Yeah, we'll yeah. see how we do it. But there will definitely be, um, we would love to to hear from our, our guests because, well, not from our guests, from our listeners, listeners because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, you and I, we've had a lot of experience with other people, with human beings, but whilst we unpack something, it might trigger something in somebody else that we didn't think about and from a different perspective also. So I'm sure there will be lots of mm. questions after every episode, but what about this? You didn't touch on this and mm. it'll be like, oh yes, we didn't. Let's bring it into the Q&A part mm. or whatever. So yeah, I mean, we, I'm excited. At the end of the day, I really just want to empower and kind of give people hope uh, that there is another way to be and that it doesn't have to be so expensive, so onerous, so hard, and mm. it doesn't all have to happen at once. And it, it, it can be something that can be fun and you can have a, a, like, you can experiment a lot and it's to embrace the journey as well because this, it could, you could be in for the long haul. Right. Um, and whilst you're on that path, whilst you're on this path of, of becoming your best self, try and embrace all the little changes and celebrate all of them and create this sort of narrative of celebration in your life uh, where you are looking at all the small little things that are changing in your life and you are celebrating each and every one of those things too, not just waiting until the final outcome when you get the health you want or the body you want or whatever. Mm. That could take a long time and you've got to cultivate this joy and motivation whilst you're on the journey. No one's got enough motivation mm. to last a year without celebrating the small victories in between. It's impossible. So you need to understand what those small victories are. And then when they come around, you celebrate because that celebratory feeling is incredibly motivating um, and quite addictive. It's a mm. healthy addiction, you know. Awesome. And can yeah. we speak about AI? If you, if you want to, <laughs> we've got very different takes on it. So it could be an interesting conversation, especially those things that you're going to wear over your face. Let me face. just say something about Lisa. Lisa never reads like top headline news. She's not interested no, in thanks. any business machinations that are going on in the world. That's me. Tell me so. when I must pack <laughs> and I'll be ready. Okay. For that apocalypse or whatever's going to happen. But, um, in the meantime, I'm going to try and live my best life in a very positive bubble. And I think that's the big thing. I mean, just we'll end on this, but like mm. South Africans are always torn. Like, should we leave? Let's get out of your political and then they get somewhere else and there's a whole new set of challenges so and I want to it, as we go through the episodes especially from a mindset perspective I want to talk about that because the greatest thing that you can do I think to, is to level set it's mm. just to decide this is where I'm at limbo this is, is a killer yeah just to, you yeah. have to hang into that, that purgatory you just mm. don't know up or down yeah, it's yeah. A, don't, no, don't go into it because yeah. I know you already want to riff on that but I mean that mm. is a that's a big thing as South Africans and again this podcast is going to cross pollinate international views we're going to make it South African we're going to tell you where to shop in Woolworths and mm -hmm. Checkers and pick and pay for certain mm -hmm. discams and, and yep. where, you know, you, where you can go in and, and, and what products do you love? Yeah. Because people always want to know what does Lisa eat? How does, and just by the mm -hmm. way, the only thing that Lisa does is rebound. I, I just love <laughs> it. Like, she, what's her diet? She must be like on such a strict diet. Like, no, last night, her and Bella were laying in bed <laughs> with ice creams. And like when we go on holiday, there's like no such thing. But, but yeah, yeah, 
but I could do that because of all the stuff I'd done yeah, that day. Yeah, okay, but okay, so that's, let's but we'll just talk skip about that. Too. Yeah. So, yeah, when we <laughs> and want, it doesn't happen every night either. So this this is going to be a tough because I think we're going to have tough conversations on you too. I really mm-hmm. want us to. And we're definitely going to have to have some kind of timer. No, yeah, probably. <laughs> Over there on an iPad, a timer, and a clock down no, because I don't know. you can also talk, babe. I know you. I know, but yeah, I don't, I don't you can talk and elaborate and and what and detour. And come back that's, again. That's and what gets us the again. audience. That's yeah. what grows the audience. Yeah. I don't okay. Like, no, but I, I just think that it, we it, we need to treat it as something cathartic. I think it's, it's a place where you and I can, because what people know is we're like extremely busy, and the moments of like intimate connection I want to have on the show too, because it's kind of our moment. Mm. And the fact that it's in a studio, and I think it's not always going to be in a studio, but wherever we are, Gavin's going to give us the necessary equipment. Uh, we are, yeah, we just, just let's have let's have an on air fight. Right, and let's have an on-air yeah. discussion. And people need to know it's not just all glitz and glamour. Like, look at they're always happy. It doesn't always look like that. Life's and not. we also bring a lot of stories and testimonies and and examples. So it won't only just be from our lives, but things we've seen, things we've experienced with others, yeah. clients that have come in our lives. You know, you've been also exposed to some incredible human beings yep. and lessons you've learned from these mentors. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. I think it's I think it's good. It's finally ignited. We've done. Yeah. Our intro session, uh, get to know us a little bit better. And I hope that everyone listening is in for the long haul. And that uh, by the time they've listened to at least the first season or series, they feel like empowered and that they kind of know what to do next. You know, that there's some kind of like game plan. I think people are very confused. There's a lot of misguided information. Everyone on Instagram is an expert. It's like you don't know where to begin. And hopefully after this, you will know exactly what your first and your second and your third steps are. Awesome. And provide people with a little bit of a path forward. It still feels a little formal. Okay. And the two of us like talking, it still feels a little bit more like I can see you need to relax a little more. And then, okay, uh, well, I had fun. Yeah, I had too. And okay. thanks to the Solid Gold podcasting yeah, team. Thanks, They're incredible guys. and awesome. Babe. Over and out. Well done. Thanks, babe. And you. Yeah, welcome to the You're real so world. You're so bad, hey? <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.